Hello, everybody, and welcome to Weekly Review. This is Roman. You're listening to Mutiny Radio. We are broadcasting here in the Mission District in San Francisco. We're on Ohlone land and wanting to provide you with a two-hour news program. That sounds a lot, even though I, I'm the one who's doing it. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a long show. Uh, we break this up with music, uh, audio clips, other things in the meantime to provide as much content as we can that counters a lot of the content that we hear and see in mainstream media. We are a non-corporate show. We're an anti-capitalist show and started off the show with some music that I heard very recently. And I was like, Hmm, this is awesome and needs to be heard. And that's by the, the string bow string duo off the album, riot songs and barricade ballads. And the, the first song was one, a, 3C, 1A, 2B. The second song was called Blue Lives Murder. And the last song we played is called Turfs Are Trash. And there's nothing to be said about that. The songs speak for themselves. I'm going to provide a a trigger warning for the program. uh, Because we will be talking about things that are happening in the world. And it's seriously traumatizing and disturbing and distressing. And also, if we don't talk about it, then nothing gets done? Question mark? But also true, and also true, I should say. As per usual, not as per usual, I am uh, got to the studio a little bit late. Everything was fine. I don't need to admit that by any means, but uh, I'm still getting my thoughts together here. I have a few things prepared for the show, and also really want to encourage folks to call in. Um, we'll be talking a lot about the, there's the ongoing prison strike that's happening right now. We'll be playing some audio clips, some news clips, as well as ways that folks can help participate by supporting folks who are on strike. There are folks who are heading out to San Quentin tomorrow. And there's also ways that folks can, just by simply calling on prisons and speaking to folks there, is a way you can support the prisoners. So we'll also be sharing that information for people if you'd like to participate and help and support folks who are incarcerated and support their strike. And it's interesting when you think about the, and I guess we're all in our own bubbles and we only receive certain parts of news or based on who we know and the news that they're sharing. And there's a lot of folks who are really excited about the the lawsuits against 45 and all his cronies and whatnot. And at the same time, there's this really incredible direct action that's happening that so many people are participating in around the country, actually in, in Canada too. So it's this really massive prison strike. And I want to encourage folks, I would imagine most folks who listen to the show on a regular basis are already on board with direct action and participating folks who engage in direct action and realize that there are results because of this uh, civil disobedience. And we have a lot of the the rights. <laughs> I know we're always looking for more rights. Um, a lot of the things that have been done in the past were done by direct action. The you know riots to get a forty day, forty day, hmm, interesting, forty hour work week. <laughs> Does sometimes feel like a forty day work week, doesn't it? Though, that's why I don't do comedy anymore. Is that, is that right? Is this thing on? Doesn't it feel like we're working forty days a week, people? Okay, so from history we know that it's after things have happened and change has happened or been implemented or forced to happen, then folks go back and like, oh, it's so great that these heroes or these people put their bodies on the line to make it better for the rest of us. Yet at the time, there are folks who are centrists or liberals or anyone who wants to be really like, oh, why don't you just vote or just do this one thing or just obey the law or 
any number of things that really discredit the work that people are doing that actually results in change. So a reminder that, you know, it's, it's okay, you know, go ahead and, you know, lawsuits against corrupt people is great. And also there's a lot of war criminals who are still going free. So let's get on that too. Uh, also to really support the folks who are engaged in direct action. That's my, that's my point. One of my points I'm trying to make here. Had a great show last week. Really wanted to support this band called the Blank Minds. They're they're visiting up from LA and they played in San Rafael and Santa Cruz. And I was in a I was in a not so good mood in the morning and then they came in and just blew me away. It's really beautiful music. And so you can check them out on Facebook and also if you type in the Blank Minds. Um, they have a new album that's out and wanting to support them as well, as well as all these other trans artists out there. There are so many folks and um just creating really incredible art, incredible music. And at times, it, I, I know I feel like it's easy to forget the accomplishments of folks. And at the same time, there's so many people out there just creating beautiful works of art. And so I want to say thank you to all the folks out there doing that and for sharing your beauty. And even existing in this world is a, is a beautiful thing because it's not easy. They don't make it easy at all. There are a lot of... It's really difficult to survive under late-stage capitalism. Am I right? Yes, I'm right. Okay, <laughs> I don't really ever say that because I'm constantly thinking, oh, what, what what can I learn? Where have I gone wrong in the past? How can I improve myself? How can I use different language that's more inclusive, et cetera, et cetera? And uh, there's a lot of self-critiquing that goes on, if folks don't know that. And perhaps if we lived in a world where there was more self-critiquing, <laughs> then we wouldn't be where we're at today. So that's a thought. We also have some news articles to share with folks. Ugh, I'm gonna like, I'm eye rolling. I haven't even started yet. <laughs> it's so it's, it's just beginning and I'm already like, do I really have to talk about uh, uh, HRC, Human Rights Campaign. If there was a video camera here, you could see me full eye roll, just, uh, I'm gonna, I can't. I'm so, it's like if there's an organization that you're already like disappointed in and have no hope in, you're like, all right, they're done. They can't do anything worse. Oh, they did something worse. Okay. So I don't have the article right in front of me. I will summarize. Actually, no, I'm the news program. I should have the article in front of me. I'll be a responsible person, even though I'm volunteering to do this. This is the first thing that comes to mind. And there's just, there's a, <laughs> there's a lot happening. And also if we don't, address racism and transphobia and misogyny, xenophobia, classism within the, the LGBT community, then uh, it's not, nothing, nothing good's going to happen. Nothing good already. Yeah, you, you get where I'm coming from. You get it. So there's an article in the Washington Blade. HRC Foundation Chief resigns after using the N-word. Mary Beth Maxwell has resigned from the Human Rights Campaign and you can find this article. This, I believe, came out today. Uh, so she resigned after a colleague reported her twice using a racist epithet in the workplace, according to a report in Politico Playbook on Wednesday. Ugh, the HRC, where to begin? Many folks know about the HRC. It's ugh, They've in the past, oftentimes, when trying to get legislation passed, have totally thrown trans folks under the bus. Like, oh, we'll just get it for, you know, cis 
lesbian, bi, and gay people. We won't. They've they've deliberately. Oh, I'm so angry. And yeah, it's yeah. And their their main thing was like for marriage equality. And for many people, we're arguing. Well, how about folks who are incarcerated? How about folks who are homeless and don't have a place to live? How about folks without health care? Uh, how about folks who are being deported? There are many. Or uh, people who experience job discrimination. There are many folks within the queer community who, you know, marriage would be nice and also not the first thing on people's minds when they're trying to survive. So HR, it's just that's that's my summary of it. That's my summary of the HRC. And to make matters worse, they are currently in the the old Photoshop that Harvey Milk had on Castro Street. So when you walk by, it's it's not this kind of cool activist space. It's like HRC selling T-shirts. Great, thanks, thanks. Uh, all right. <sighs> Goodness, it's it's a shame, is what it is, really. <sighs> Rainbow capitalism will not save us, nor will assimilation. All right. So if you would like to read the full article, <laughs> you can check that out. Again, it's at WashingtonBlade.com. Oof. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, that's my, that's my, that's my sigh. Um, uh, well, okay, since, uh, there's a some, somewhat of a segue. There's a, a, a program that's coming up soon, I saw. It's a documentary called Quiet Heroes. Uh, it came out yesterday on Logo. I personally don't have cable. Maybe you do. Or maybe you can access it in any kind of way you want, because that's how things should be. And I'm going to play some audio clips from it, and it's about folks who are activists dealing with the HIV and AIDS crisis. So, I'm going to play a couple of these clips for folks, too, and if you're interested in checking it out, I always am really excited to learn about queer history, since it's something that's not until recently taught in schools, I know it's not taught in all schools, and growing up here, there's a real lack of a sense, and I think for a lot of folks, based on identity, there's a lack of the authentic and the honest history of one's culture and one's um one's identity, I would say. And what we're taught is this very kind of whitewashed, watered-down, capitalist-driven, colonialist. I can use a lot more of these words. And I, yeah, heteronormative, extremely heteronormative, where a lot of kids growing up who are queer don't necessarily know. And perhaps now things have gotten a little bit better for some folks. And there was times when folks thought they were the only queer person in the world because there was no indication that other LGBTQ folks existed. So it's really crucial, especially to talk to elders and to listen to elders, and also recognizing we lost a generation in the 80s. And it's still it's still an epidemic. So I really appreciate when we get to hear elders' experiences and just understand what they did to survive and to support each other. So if you'd like to, there's a full article about this, but I'll just play the audio right now. And it's uh, newnownext.com, and you can uh, find it there. And I believe I've also shared it on our news page, which is, <laughs> I always have to add a caveat. Like, I know Facebook is evil, and that's where we have our, uh, that's where you can, f- that's where we share our news for the time being. So if you go to facebook.com forward slash weekly rev, post a lot of news articles there. I don't get to all of them on the show, however. I like to get, try to get to some of them and at least provide more you know, stories in case we don't get to all of them on the show and to provide alternative news for um, folks who are interested. Okay, uh, enough of an introduction. Here we go. 
It was the AIDS crisis that changed everything. Being in Salt Lake, we thought, oh, well, we're isolated. Find a nice girl, have a family, and you'll be cured. We had a whole population of people prepared to die. And when anybody died, they brought us their medicines. It was illegal. I was prepared to go to jail for this. We didn't realize at the time we were on the forefront of change. They're very quiet heroes. To me, what got to me about AIDS was the homophobia. Mm -hmm. And you'd open up the newspaper and it would be screaming at you. And th those were the moments when, uh, what's his name, um, Buckley wanted to tattoo people. And, yes. You know, and, and to me that was like, no, you've got to do something. It's not, it's not just about, it, it didn't matter at that time. I didn't know even that women were affected by it. I just felt like this is part of my community. This is part of New York. I have got to do something. And I saw ACT UP and I went up to one of the four women <laughs> that I could see and I said, are there women in your group? And she said, absolutely. I said, okay. So that Monday I showed up at, at the center. This was in June of 1987. They started in March and I looked in the room and there were like 400 gay men and four visible women and I didn't care. I sat down and people were so willing to do anything and the sense of uh, urgency and of, you know, wanting to change things was so palpable that it was just amazing. All right, so this was some footage from the documentary called Quiet Heroes, which pre premiered last night on Logo. And folks, um, hopefully if you have access to Logo or any other way of streaming this, uh, check it out. I'm curious, I would love to see it. So I'm appreciative of the folks who made it and it, a brief description here the documentary quiet heroes is one such attempt to write that wrong it explores the work of dr Kristen rees and her partner in both life and medicine maggie snyder rees was the first and for many years during the height of the crisis the only doctor in the entire state of utah who would treat hiv aids patients so that looks really informative and hopefully folks can check that out what's up next Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, as we've gathered from many of the, the protests here, were there are the far-right folks who are protected by police. Um, same things happened in Berlin. And there's an article, Police Injured as Far-Right Anti-Nazi Activists Clash in Berlin. Now, supposedly... Uh, being a Nazi should be illegal in Germany. However, folks were still allowed to march and also be protected by police, which is incredibly disturbing. And there's one article in Reuters, which is more of like a neutral. <sighs> more of like a neutral news source. And. Ah, <sighs> goodness. So, ugh. if you'd like to check out the article. It's, I mean, this is kind of happening worldwide. And I'm curious to, like, look for more um, perspectives on this as well. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. Goodness gracious. Okay. Well, uh, something um, positive we're going to bring up right now, though. And it's not to say that the things that are bad that are, you know, it's, I get that it's not a, 
one or the other. There's a lot of things happening. So something that's happening tomorrow that folks can participate in from here in San Francisco from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Mission Dolores Park by the Bell Statue on 19th and Church. Yes on 10 joins the Yes on C field kickoff. Um, hashtag Yes on 10 to protect tenants is joining hashtag Yes on C's field kickoff this Saturday. Join us to pass the two most important measures for housing justice in decades. So Yes on 10 stops skyrocketing rents and Yes on C prevents homelessness. So I do feel in many ways voting is a, can be a form of harm reduction and it's really important on the local level for folks to, it's while living under capitalism, doing one's best to try to rein it in as much as possible and to provide protections for people. Um, Cause we've got folks on the other side who don't care about people. So the least people can do is try to change that. So I'll read the details here. Details, Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Mission Dolores Park in front of the Bell Statue at 19th and Church. Yes on C. Our city, our home is the biggest local measure to seriously address homelessness in decades. Yes on Prop 10. The Affordable Housing Act is the biggest statewide measure to protect tenants in decades. Let's make history and pass them both. Tenants... Turned into a B-52 song there. Tenets advocates, families, and friends, come out to Prop C's field kickoff. Let's talk to everybody about our plan to tax big business, to house homeless people, and prevent homelessness. Yes on 10 will have a table where you can pick up our dual Yes on C and Yes on 10 door hangers in English and Spanish to drop and door knock with... Oh, to drop and door knock with around the Mission neighborhood. Prop 10 will repeal the Costa-Hawkins Rental Housing Act, an outdated state law passed by the real estate lobby, boo, to undermine local rent control. San Francisco deserves the right to update our rent control laws and stabilize our communities. We'll be joining our city, our home, at Mission Dolores Park in front of the Bell Statue on 19th and Church. Don't miss out. Look for our table. And they say this event is coordinated with the Yes on C, Our City, Our Home campaign, and kickoff event here. And yes, so it's all happening tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And again, that's in Dolores Park. Yes on C, our city, our home campaign kickoff. And there's also a lit drop. So if you're able, um, come by, talk to people. It's great. Yay. Okay. I feel like it's time for some more music. So we're going to play some more songs from the album Riot Songs and Barricade Ballads by the Stringbow String Duo. And I found this. How did I find this? I don't remember how I found it, to be quite honest. No longer smoke pot, but my memory is still just like, I don't I don't know. It just happened. So if you go into Spotify, you can find it there. So here's another song called Hold the Line. Oh, my God. 
And every nook and cranny put down the keyboard and call the nanny Like she is fighting for the last chicken nugget This shit is real life It's time to rise above it And calm, left, calm, off, calm, you're all wrong Roll the fuck up right now and learn to get along You must enjoy getting raped by the bankers Go ahead and stay slave to the real makers Break your shackles and chains What you've got left to lose Motherfuckers, right now is the time to choose Okay, that's an interesting one. Hadn't heard that one before. How about some more audio clips? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. First of all, though, oh. so a lot of folks were, many folks, a majority of people on the planet are like, yay. Yep, there goes that mic stand. Net neutrality. That's a good thing. We should use it. It's important to everyone. And some people are like, nah. And now we see some of the fallout. Uh, Santa Clara County Fire were using an unlimited uh, cell phone data plan to fight the largest wildfire in California state history. And Verizon, spotting an opportunity, choked their data speed and jacked up their price by over 100%. And this is a tweet from uh, Ryan Cooper. You can find at Ryan L. Cooper. In the midst of our response to the Mendocino complex fire, County Fire discovered the data correct connection 
for OES 5262 was being throttled, throttled by Verizon. And data rates had been reduced to one two hundredth or less than the previous speeds, Bowden wrote. These reduced speeds severely interfered with the OES 5262's ability to function effectively. My information technology staff communicated directly with Verizon via email about the throttling, requesting it be immediately lifted for public safety purposes. Verizon did not immediately restore full speeds to the device, however. Verizon representatives confirmed... Uh, let's see. I'm just going to make this a little bit easier to see. Verizon representatives confirmed the throttling, but rather than restoring us to an essential data transfer speed, they indicated that County Fire would have to switch to a new data plan. It's my first time reading this out loud. To a new data plan at more than twice the cost, and they would only remove throttling after we contacted the department that handles billing and switched to the new data plan, Bowden wrote. What the fuck? I mean, Verizon's been fucking evil for a long time. We know this. But I should say and. And shit. Ugh. Wow. So if, you're, if you uh, have Verizon, consider switching. Also with AT&T. I know there's a lot of these companies are pretty, pretty bad. Please, though, and if you are a Verizon customer, let them know. Be like, hey, I'm going to quit because of this is what you did. Hold them accountable. That's so fucked up. I mean, it's a nu- a numerous things that these large corporations do are fucked up. You don't get that large without harming people. Oh, gosh. Ugh. Hmm. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. Just, ugh. That's, yeah, I don't, I don't have, uh, we don't really have sound effects on the show besides my own sound effects, which are me either sighing, <sighs> groaning, um, occasionally the music with anarchists yelling, um, those are my, uh, me accidentally hitting the mic stand, those are my sound effects. Perhaps I should get some other ones. Oh my, oh my. Okay, moving along, because there's more... To share, I did mention uh, an audio clip, and let me pull this up. So this is um, Cat Brooks for Oakland. Cat Brooks is running for mayor of Oakland, and that would be fucking awesome. So if you live in Oakland, please vote for Cat Brooks. And there was a meeting last night, and it was videotaped. So I'm going to play some audio clip of Cat speaking, speaking truth to power. And I'm going to turn off the music in the background first. I didn't realize that was still on. And here we go. We failed in the category of public safety as well. If we could over-police and over-incarcerate our way to safety, we would be the safest country in the world since we do that more than any of our I do agree with Libby that we do need to redefine public safety. It does need to be about schools and education and mental health and social services. I would go one step further and say we need to invest in prevention, not just criminalization. I am much more interested. I am much more interested in getting to the gun before the bullet flies than holding the mother as she puts her child in the ground. millions and millions and millions of unauthorized overtime, not because we have to do cop, but because most of that is non-discretionary overtime, or discretionary overtime, that we are, are wasting. 
every single year. We need to, to get a rein on that, it needs to stop. We need to audit our budgets of every department, not just the Oakland Police Department, and save millions of dollars for Oakland. Okay, so that was posted, that was uh, Cat Brooks for Oakland, and you can like that page and support that campaign. <sighs> okay, we're going to go take another brief music break. I'm going to get together some clips, more clips, and more uh, information about how folks can support the current prison strike. In previous episodes, uh, we've I've uh, read the list of demands, as well as played some interviews with folks, and we're going to continue on today by providing ways that folks can support the folks who are on strike. Uh, we'll be going back to this album here. Let's see here something else. How about uh, they have a song called uh, "Punch a Fascist in the Face." Let's let's see what this one's about. song really lays it out doesn't it it lives up to its title wow okay here's another one <laughs> and again i'm listening to some of these for the first time and you can find this on spotify the Stringbow string duo riot songs and barricade ballads i'll play some more music i'm getting some more links together to share with you all so thanks so much for listening in
hands are empty opinions all are shifting in there not a single one you can trust my gun wants to know what a bullet is worth and if i put it through your skull would you hear it burst bust a hundred cats or just sit back and laugh tell me which one is worse we got a two-party system gives us the same candidates republican or democrat We have more information about the prison uprising in Cameron over the weekend. The Department of Corrections originally called it a disturbance, but KQ2's Madeline McLean is here in the studio to tell us how that disturbance was more like a riot. Saturday night, more than 200 inmates at Crossroads Correctional Facility refused to go back to their cells after dinner. DOC officials say it started as a sit-down protest. Within an hour, that protest turned into a full-blown anarchy. Inmates tore through the facility, causing extensive damage. At least 10 different people, either prison employees or family and friends of them, say the damage is easily in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Those 10 people spoke to us off camera. Each person's story lined up, giving us insight into the mayhem of that night. Here's what they said and how DOC officials responded. The kitchen at Crossroads is completely destroyed and out of commission right now. DOC says there is significant damage, but can't confirm the extent. But a mobile kitchen has been brought in for meals. Inmates hotwired forklifts, driving through common areas and leaving a path of destruction. DOC says there was evidence that the inmates had used the forklifts, but wouldn't say more. Prisoners wrecked expensive machines used in the inmate work program, including toilet paper making machines that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. DOC officials say there was damage to those machines, but the cost and extent of the damage is still under investigation.
Some of the inmates involved have now been transferred to Western Reception Diagnostic Center in St. Joseph. Officials say after investigating out of the more than 200 inmates who insurrected, 78 were responsible for the property damage. Because they needed to be placed in restrictive housing, some had to be transferred to St. Joseph. Those individuals who spoke to us today also said they knew this night was coming. Each said that because the prison is critically understaffed, inmate rec areas and time have been limited, causing tensions to boil over. The DOC confirmed that although they can't say the direct cause of the uprising yet, Crossroads is understaffed by at least 80 people. They say that has led to inmate restrictions and blistering anger. This is a developing story. Later this week, we will have more details about prison work conditions from former Crossroad employees. Reporting in studio, Madeline McLean, KQ2, your local news leader. All right, so this is from KQ2.com. And again, kind of getting that perspective from the folks who work in the prison and not the actual folks who are incarcerated there. And again, interesting to the, the perspective, they're really focused on the property damage instead of the damage that's done to human beings who are incarcerated. And that, that narrative, like, ugh. Anyway, so if you would like to support folks right now who are engaged in that uprising, you can do so. I would encourage you, hey, put this, if you're listening live, put this on mute. You can listen to it later. And you can participate in a phone zap right now from your very home. If you have a phone and want to make a call, that is great. And I'm going to tell you how. And big thanks to all the folks out there for providing this information. So there's a phone zap happening right now to support prisoners who staged a rebellion last spring after being confined to their cells basically for days and weeks without rec time in the yard. They started with a sit-in, but when admin escalated, they rose up and took over hot-wired forklifts and took down part of the border fence. And more of that is in the article. So, so a description of the phones app, and thank you to Bridget for this explanation. A uh, phones app is basically like a DDoS for the warden's office because the automated and message systems the prisons use are so out of date and how fragile and poorly staffed the offices are, it's actually pretty easy for us to bring it down with phone calls so that nothing, so that they get nothing done. It depends on your capacity. You can just call and breathe heavily into the phone, blow a raspberry or spit a few word, choice words, hang up and call again. And so this person's recommending going for quality over quantity. And this one person uh, spent 15 minutes the other day cross-examining the woman who answered on prison policy and what she knew about all the strike and ZAP-specific demands. And what's really important is that you record and report back observations, the time and number of your calls, whether you were sent to voicemail, hold, Phones were down, etc., because that info is being sent to back to imprisoned strike organizers on the inside to know how much uh, we're supporting, how much we're support, but also to give them info on the prison's capacity to defend themselves from these kinds of attacks. If you're calling because you found out, okay, so there's a list here that I've shared on the Facebook page, so you can, uh, if, I'll, I'll read it aloud now, and also if you want to have it in written form, you can check out facebook.com forward slash weekly rep. I just posted this. How to make anti-repression phone calls during the prison strike. One, get in a group of four or five. Make a group chat. Two, designate someone as the point person to check. And it's a website here, which is https colon forward slash forward slash incarceratedworkers.org forward slash phone dash zaps for new call-in campaigns. Three, when the point person sees a new campaign listed, post it in your group. Decide if decide with your group when you'll call. 
intend to flood the lines over a few hours instead of having calls trickle in over a week. The post will have a contact, a phone number, and maybe an email, fax, etc., and a script with the demand. People should call as many times as they can. Four, when it's call time. One, if you feel like it, block your number by dialing star 67 before the prison phone number. Two, call the prison official designated in the post and say something based on the script included in the post. If you don't get them immediately, ask to be transferred to them. If the person on the line won't transfer you, express your concern to them instead. The more details, the better. It reveals that you know exactly what they're doing. Three, in rare cases, they may ask for your information. You're under no obligation to give it. You can give something fake or just continue to repeat your concern. Five, report how many calls you made and any information you received from the prison. Um, such as answering machine is full or warden said he's received calls all day to the point person. Six, the point person should submit how your group did to IWOC at IWW.org so we can keep track of how it's going. And seven, repeat over the course of the strike, then continue to support incarcerated people with calls, letters, commissary money and commissary money. Connect with local prisoner support groups like IWOC, Anarchist Black Cross, Black and Pink, Fight Toxic Prisons, and Survived and Punished for a World Without Cages. So that's a lot of information there. And again, feel free if you're listening this if you're listening live, this podcast will be up on the on our website later today within probably five hours from now or so so you can go back and listen to it again and also the instructions i just read are on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash weekly rev so you can find that list there as well as going to the page that they mentioned which is incarceratedworkers.org forward slash phone dash zaps so again thanks to all the folks who are doing all this work and providing all this information and there's a lot of ways that folks can participate so i say this every week pretty much i've been saying it every week for years is that i'm a big believer in diversity of tactics and there's we all have various capabilities whether it's participating in a phone action like this or telling someone about it donating money if you're able to there are so writing a letter to someone who's incarcerated or just even supporting some of these organizations there's so many different ways that folks can help out and if we're all able to we can really make this world better wow i made myself feel better that very rarely happens on this show sometimes i'm like Ugh, I feel hopeless. And then there's also just so many great things happening to combat the injustices that are here in this country and around the world. So much gratitude for the folks out there providing this information. So the zap I mentioned is happening today from 6 a.m. Pacific time till 2 p.m. And so this is the Missouri CRCC prisoners facing repression for the May 12th rebellion. And you can contact all, hey, I'm going to give you their phone numbers. So get out a pen or a pencil or type it into a computer-like thing if that's what you do. That's, what are these kids doing these days? I, I personally like writing things down, but that's my own thing. Okay. Missouri, CRCC, prisoners facing repression for 512. There we go again. I got really excited and I <laughs> hit the mic stand. Contact Warren, Warden, Rhoda, Rhonda. I'm going to pronounce it. I'll make sure I can pronounce these correctly. Contact Warden Rhonda Pash, and the number is 816-632-2727. AG Josh Holly, uh, 573-751-3321. 
The demands are to replace property lost or stolen by CRCC admin when rotating prisoners in and out of solitary. And for more info, they have a link, and that's at tinyurl.com forward slash strike zap 824. And also 200 NWDC hunger strikers may need a, a zap on Monday, August 27th. So stay tuned. And I'm going to click on this link and see what I can share. Okay, so if you go to, this is also incarceratedworkers.org in the phones app. So this is, yeah, very similar to what I have just read. And the phone script is, uh, so folks get an idea. I am calling to request that people who lost property during the rebellion at CRCC on May 12th have all their property replaced. People imprisoned in CRCC and most other prisons are rotated in and out of the hole so they can run so they can run the prison permanently over capacity and the paid prison administrators are responsible for that personal property as long as it's in their possession. If officials ask for inmates' names, tell them they can find their names from the property lists they maintain. Also, more information. Accounts from people inside are in the Incarcerated Worker newsletter, and you can subscribe to the newsletter. at uh, They have a link, incarceratedworkers.org, forward slash taxonomy, forward slash term, forward slash 23. And they also have, they also provide a link to the article where we played the video clip from earlier, the audio. Well, it's a video clip, but we heard the audio because we're on radio. That's how that works. So, yes. So, okay. Let's see. So, that's happening right now. If you can participate, please do. Also, spread the word. And, uh, yes. So, we still have an hour and a half. So, please do make these calls. I'm going to share this again on the, with more of this information. So if you're looking at a computer or a phone right now, if you go to the Weekly Review webpage, um, you can look at this information and find out ways to help. Cool. Okay. <sighs> okay. I am... Oof. <clears throat> okay. Um, also, we'll get back to some more... Uh, uh, news in regards to the prison strike. Also, a reminder that the air quality in the Bay Area is pretty horrible right now, and encouraging everyone, especially in San Francisco and Oakland, to wear masks if you're able to. The N95, um, those are the masks that a lot of folks had during, I guess it was, well, it was last year, certainly. I forget the time of year. And those N95 masks are the ones that are recommended. They're more hardcore, more sturdy than some of the other masks that you can get at drugstores. But if you're able to get an N95, those are better for being out outside with um anything is better than nothing though so if you're able to get a mask and you're outdoors it's highly recommended i also found a page recently that someone recommended i don't know if i have it right off the right off the bat but you can type in your zip code i'm sure if you just excuse me look online type in your zip code with air quality you can find what the air quality conditions are and sometimes it takes a while like i didn't know until i got an alert on my phone which is also like to provide you know assistance here or you know what we do um if you are in i don't know if this is only for san francisco or only for the bay area there is a hotline um it's called yeah i guess it's called alert sf so i'm guessing it is just san francisco however there might be one in your area and if there's not perhaps create one or work with folks to create one i'm sure there's plenty like this everywhere if you happen to be in san francisco and get text messages please dial um if you dial dial yeah, you can dial 888-777. Again, that's 888-777. And that is the Alert SF uh, texting line, uh, alert line. And you just um, you text them with your zip code, and then they will respond. It's for the Nixle Public Safety Alerts. 
and you can receive messages in English or Spanish. And um, so they'll text you when the air quality is unhealthy, which is like the, they say it's like red is the considered unhealthy. And, you know, they'll suggest, you know, closing windows, limit outdoor activities, keep pets indoors, etc., as well as providing links. And then when the air, I'm like going through my list of, so it was back in October of last year, I'm going through that list. They'll like update with the air quality and they just sent me another one yesterday, but before then someone else had posted. So really sometimes you can't necessarily tell like, oh, is it, am I just not feeling so good or is it fog or what's going on? But the air quality here has been pretty difficult. So if you live anywhere in the Bay Area and have access to a mask, um, even if you don't have one now for the future, it's unfortunately we have to get used to things being pretty awful. So due to the fires and Verizon, who should be fucking buying everyone masks, how about that? How about Verizon buys people fucking masks considering they like let the fire go on longer than it had to? Hmm. How about a phone zapped for fucking Verizon? Okay. <sighs> so angry. There's so much to be angry about, and that's okay. We're human. We should be emotional. If we're not emotional, then okay. Oh, yeah. So 888-777. Text them your zip code, and you'll receive texts. Uh, They also occasionally do police activity and other safety uh, concerns. So if you're interested in getting them on your phone, if you're not always online, check that out. All right. So there's a lot more to get to, and I'm going to speak about a few more things here. Going down the list. All right. We took care of that one. It's like a really not fun to-do list going over the news. It's like, oh, it's like, I guess it's similar to like doing some tasks sometimes. You're like, yep, ugh, all right, got to do this. Uh, The Chronicle, which is, uh, I know, it's a Chronicle. Uh, Alameda County inmate gave birth in isolation cell. Her screams ignored, suit says. And this came out on August 20th, written by Kevin Fagan. I'll read a little bit here. A homeless inmate gave birth last year in Alameda County's jail while she lay alone in a cold, dirty, concrete, solitary confinement cell after guards ignored her screams for hours. According to a federal lawsuit filed Monday, the mother was locked into the isolation cell after medical staff accused her of exaggerating complaints of pain and cramping, and deputies decided to punish her for the exaggeration, the suit says. In isolating her, the staff at Santa Rita County Jail in Dublin ignored the fact that she was eight months into a high-risk pregnancy and was in such pain that she could only crawl on her hands and knees, according to the suit filed in U.S. District Court in San Francisco. Oh, gosh. And they provide more information here in this article. If you'd like to check it out again, sfchronicle.com, and I believe we've shared it also on the Weekly Review webpage. And Santa Rita Jail is pretty terrible. And there's a woman who was released from there a few weeks ago and was murdered um, because they release people in the middle of the night, far from the BART station. And, oh, goodness, I'm going to try to find some more information on that. Um, and this, uh, I mean, it's all tied together with how mass incarceration harms people. And it's like, it's a, the same idea is that we live in a, a, here, this idea of like criminalization. And many folks who have been writing BART have reported there's more and more cops on BART. And it's, you can't solve anything with criminalization. It should be rehabilitation, especially the, I mean, the thing is that they're going after folks who happen to be, might not be able to pay a fare. So instead of criminalizing them for it, how about offer discounted fare or offer free fare for people or people who make a lot of money as they do in the Bay Area, have charge them a little bit extra. Instead of paying cops, why not 
make it so it's easier for folks to write. It's like there's a lot of these things are super solvable. I don't have an MBA. I don't have a business degree. I do like math. However, they could solve a lot of problems here by assisting people instead of criminalizing people. It makes things worse. Oh, goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. There's also an article from the East Bay Times that came out in July. Uh, Santa Rita jail inmate deaths under investigation. Um, and then I'm going to read it a little bit. Let's see. I'm doing a little bit more research here from the Mercury News. Oh, goodness. It's just okay. And oh, I'm going to take a, a deep breath. I'm going to do some more research here. So, I'm, you know, it's radio. It's for the radio. We don't want to be silent. However, I'm uh, going to find some more information. And then, and then we'll be, uh, <laughs> we'll be back. And we seem to have some technical difficulties. Let's let's find out what's going on here. Is it the computer? Is it the board? Is it the cord? Let's see what we can do. It might be the computer. So please do bear with us as we get our music together here. And volumes up. Thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio. I'll do a plug while this is, uh, <laughs> while we wait for this to, to catch up. Um, thank you for listening to the weekly review here, at Mutiny Radio. If you're interested in having a show here at Mutiny Radio, we have several slots that are open. We have a lot of great programs that are here on every day of the week. We have an AA meeting, I believe, on Wednesday nights, and there's comedy shows, there's music, there's spoken word, there's quite a bit that's that happens here. So. If you are interested in having a show here, please contact Pam. If you go to mutinyradio.fm, you can send Pam an email. It just requires some training. You pay about $100 a month in dues. If you're able to get sponsorship, that's great. That'll help cover the dues. And you can do a program of anything you want, and that's pretty incredible. Hmm. I'm still, uh, still working on this. Multitasking, multitasking. Yeah. If you're interested in also renting the space, you can do so. We have space available on... Uh, I, f- I figured it out. That's great. Okay. Cool. <sighs> All I had to do was unmute the tab. Okay, so if you're interested in having a show here at Mutiny Radio, you can do that. We also rent space here on Saturdays. Super cool. If you like what you've been hearing, I don't necessarily know if I like what I've been hearing because it's the news and it's depressing. However, if you would like to support this program, it's volunteer run. We're looking for more folks to help out to... Um, help pay the dues. It's about 100 bucks a month to pay the dues. We're at a little over 80 right now. If you're able to, please check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. Folks can do- donate a dollar a month even. That would be super helpful, and I really appreciate it. So if we get like 17 people donating a dollar a month, the dues are covered, and we can continue doing this program. So please, if you're able to, that would be awesome. All right. And now that I have made some good plugs... 
Here's a song called Co-Ops, Not Cops.
Wow. Okay. Wow. That was a song by the Stringbow String Duo called Co-Ops Not Cops. I personally like co-ops. Uh, yep. We need more co-ops. So, yes, absolutely. That's off the album Riot Songs and Barricade Ballads. And you can find this on Spotify. I wanted to get back to some of the information I was talking about before. This article was written a while ago. However, it does provide some information about the case I was speaking of. The woman who was released from Santa Rita Jail and was killed shortly thereafter. And this is from Patch.com. And this is uh, the march has happened. Um, and this article is written a little bit before then. Vigil march planned for former inmate found dead at BART. Uh, Berkeley resident Jessica St. Louis, who was 26, was found unresponsive hours after she was released from the Santa Rita Jail. And this is written by Autumn Johnson, uh, who is part of the Patch National Staff. And this came out on August 18th. Um, so again, the, this march has happened. And I also was wanting to also provide this information if, for folks who are unaware of what happened. And at Dublin, California, a walk in no candlelight vigil in honor of a former inmate found dead at a Dublin BART station uh, was planned for last month. Um, Organizers say the event is intended to raise awareness about the dangerous and deadly practice of releasing women from jail during the late hours. On July 28th, Berkeley resident Jessica St. Louis, who was 26, was found dead near the passenger pickup drop-off area at the station around 5.30 a.m. Hours before, St. Louis was released from the Santa Rita Jail in Dublin after serving 11 days in custody. Authorities said an autopsy showed no signs of homicide or assault and suspect the cause of death to be drug overdose. Investigators are awaiting toxicology results. They... All right, they, da, 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 I'm going to move along. Since her death, activists have called, have rallied at the Santa Rita Jail in Dublin and in Oakland, criticizing the Alameda County Sheriff's Office for releasing her from jail overnight and calling for an end the dangerous, calling for an end the dangerous practice of late night releases. Earlier this month, Jessica Nolan, the executive director of the Young Women's Freedom Center, a San Francisco group that advocates for women of color who have grown up in poverty and been incarcerated, said in a statement, we are excited to announce that Jessica St. Louis's Senator Nancy Skinner has agreed to carry a bill. We have a list of demands that have come from years of organizing with women who have experienced unsafe prison and jail release practices and are now beginning the process of translating those demands into legislation. Together, we will make sure that California leads the way and ends the practice of late night releases. The March and Vigil hosted by the Young Women's Freedom Center is scheduled to leave from the Santa Rita Jail in Dublin at 9 p.m. So this was on August 19th. Uh, the March will follow the route St. Louis took before she was found dead, and Skinner is expected to join the group. Sheriff spoke... Okay, I don't want to fucking quote the sheriff. According to her family, St. Louis was born in Haiti and moved to the U.S. to live with her father when she was seven years old after her mother died. She was placed in foster care when she was in seventh grade, and her father died when she was in high school. And there's a GoFundMe page that's been established to help the family pay for the funeral, which was held on August 6th, and... The article has a, a link to that as well. And so the, the uh, campaign is uh, complete right now. Um, but definitely please you know get the word out. And also there's so many reasons why mass incarceration is fucking horrible. I mean, there's, ever, there's so many different reasons of how... Oh, oh, you get it. Yeah, you get it. So just one more... One more reason is the, the late night releases of people, which is completely unsafe. 
So for folks who are in the Bay Area and want to, um, I'm going to also share this post right now so folks can uh, take action. Again, if you're listening while you're online or listening tomorrow or at another time, uh, you can find this. Hopefully this will be helpful. It's like an at-home companion by checking on facebook.com forward slash weekly rev because we share the events here as well. So I'm about to post this right now. And it has been shared. So this is happening tomorrow, August 25th. Bay Area National Prison Strike Call to Action and Mobilization. And it's happening tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at San Quentin Prison. Uh, Hundreds of people are registered as going or interested. The Bay Area National Prison Strike Solidarity Committee stands in solidarity with the people who have declared a nationwide prison strike beginning on August 21st. This date commemorates the assassination of Black Panther Party Field Marshal and prison activist George Jackson by San Quentin prison guards and extending to September 9th, 2018. The national prison strike is in response to the riot in the Lee Correctional Institution, a maximum security prison in South Carolina, on April 15th, 2018. Seven prisoners lost their lives during an instigated melee that could have been avoided had the prison not been overcrowded from the greed wrought by mass incarceration and a lack of respect for human life that is embedded in this country's penal ideology. We support these captives behind enemy lines, demand for humane living conditions, access to rehabilitation, sentencing reform, and the end of modern day slavery. Uh, The Bay Area National Prison Strike Solidarity Committee is organizing a mobilization and call to action on August 25th, 2018 at San Quentin State Prison with the objective of raising awareness of the inhumane conditions, treatment, and policies that afflict those held in these gulags throughout America. We are also mobilizing to let these sisters and brothers being held behind enemy lines know that we are on the outside and have their backs and that we support their demands and the ongoing historic prison movement led and organized by those being held captive in America's gulags. Our call to action mobilization will rally at the West Oakland BART station at 11 a.m. From there, we will carpool and bus to San Quentin State Prison. These are the national demands of the people in federal immigration and state prisons. One, immediate improvements to the conditions of prisons and prison policies that recognize the humanity of impoverished, imprisoned uh, people. I'm going to take the the binary language out of it. Uh, Two, in immediate end to prison slavery, all persons imprisoned in any place of detention under United States jurisdiction must be paid the prevailing wage in their state or territory for their labor. Three, the Prison Litigation Reform Act must be rescinded, allowing imprisoned humans a proper channel to address grievances and violations of their rights. Four, the Truth in Sentencing Act and the Sentencing Reform Act must be rescinded so that imprisoned humans have a possibility of rehabilitation and parole. No human shall be sentenced to death by incarceration or serve any sentence without the possibility of parole. Five, an immediate end to the racial overcharging, oversentencing, and parole denials of black and brown humans. Black humans shall no longer be denied parole because the victim of the crime was white, which is a particular problem in southern states. Six, an immediate end to racist gang enhancement laws targeting black and brown humans. Seven, no imprisoned human shall be denied access to rehabilitation programs at their place of detention because of their label as a violent offender. 
Eight, state prisons must be funded specifically to offer more rehabilitation services. Nine, Pell Grants must be reinstated in all U.S. states and territories. And ten, the voting rights of all confined citizens serving prison sentences, pretrial detainees, and so-called quote-unquote ex-felons must be counted. Representation is demanded. All voices count. Endorsers. Endorsers Bay Area National Prison Strike Solidarity Committee. Uh, Black August Organizing Committee in Oakland. Poor Magazine in Oakland. IWOC, which is the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee in Oakland. California Prison Focus, Oakland. World Worker World Party, Oakland. Idris Stelly Foundation, San Francisco. Democratic Socialists of America in San Francisco. National Brown Berets. Millions for Prisoners in San Jose. Uh, Aztlan Press in San Jose, the Mothers of the March Against Police Murders, San Francisco, Anti-Police Terror Project in Oakland, Black and Brown for Justice, Peace and Equality in San Francisco, MLK Coalition for Jobs, Justice and Peace, the MLK Coalition of Greater LA, Puerto Rican Alliance in LA, Aztlan Realism Conecta in San Jose, Answer in San Francisco, Jericho Movement, Oakland, Committee to Free Jail, Excuse me, uh, excuse me, uh, Committee to Free Jaleel Abdul Muntakim in Oakland, Black August in Los Angeles, Young Women's Freedom Center, San Francisco, support the national prison strike, join the Bay Area National Prison Strike Solidarity Committee, all power to the people. So all that information I just read is on the event. Uh, Invite, again, this is happening tomorrow, 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at San Quentin State Prison. And I believe folks are also carpooling as well. So if you get to West Oakland Bart, um, there um, are folks who will be there and carpooling. Okay, that's a lot of information. (sighs) I wanted to get to a few more things, and then I'll play a small music break. And then uh, George Jackson was mentioned, so I wanted to play um, an audio clip from a documentary uh yeah to to end up the to round out the program <sighs> catching my breath here uh, uh i know i could just take my time and uh i don't usually take my time so take a few deep breaths telling myself to do that and also wanting to right now i was going to go back and oh yes so a few other i'm gonna read a few other headlines just to kind of round out i know there's so much that's happening with the prison strike and so many people are involved just to give you an idea of how massive this is in newsweek which i know is it's a okay i'm not gonna okay all right ice detainees have joined a national nationwide prison strike with many refusing to eat so that came out well, at least provide the day that that came out that was on august 23rd that's an article in newsweek so they're also taking part in this strike and I'm going to move a little bit further down because there's another, I believe it was in Canada as well. So I want to, I want to provide that information for folks. Oh, there's so much more to get to. We'll do what we can here. We'll, <laughs> well, uh, there's, there's always a lot. Okay. And oh goodness, there's so much. I'm I'm scrolling down, and there's some other topics I wanted to cover as well. And oh, goodness, okay. So I'm gonna scroll down a little bit further, and if we don't see it, we don't see it, and that's okay. Can't get to everything. Uh, even Time Magazine, Time.com, has an article about it. And moving down a little bit further. Ugh. 
goodness. This is the world that we live in. And that's that's what's happening. Nope, not there. Nope, not there. There's also an article in intomore.com. National prison strike could be watershed moment for queer prisoners. And I'm going to share that if I haven't already. Let's see if I have. Yeah, I'm going to share that right now on the Weekly Review webpage. I'm not going to be able to read it today because we are running a little bit low on time. Uh, if you are able to check out right now, this full article is on the Weekly Review webpage on Facebook. So you can check out. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to try to go in order of things. However, uh, NPR has reported that there's a Mexican city is decriminalizing public sex to stop police extortion. So a side note. So that's something that's positive. And uh, let's see if we can find this. There also was a rally in civil disobedience at NFL headquarters on August 22nd. You can find that at Now This Politics. They had a video footage of it. Here we go. Uh, from The Guardian, major prison strike spreads across the U.S. and Canada as inmates refuse food. So I'll just provide a little bit of information here. Uh, from Thursday, August 23rd, written by Ed Pilkington. Major prison strike spreads across U.S. and Canada as inmates refuse food. Prisoners stand against forced labor and other indignities amid reports of action in California, Washington State, and Nova Scotia. So you can also find this. I'll share it again right now if you're happening to, if you'd like to read it in full, because I recognize these are, these are only headlines that I'm reading, and there's a lot more information in the articles. So now it's been posted. I'm going to go back, share one more thing that I passed over briefly. That was something of some positive news, which I feel is always good to share to recognize when good things are happening, people advocating for themselves. It's a good thing. So I'm going to move up here. I'll take just a moment. Thanks again so much for listening. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, uh, back after a week off, followed by the Common Thread Collective. And Ryan Casada will be a guest on Common Thread Collective, I believe, around 4 p.m. So you definitely want to stick around, stay tuned, come in in person if you want to see a live music show. And Common Thread Collective is a really awesome show. They're both great shows. And stay listening. Uh, great music, poetry, l- news, a lot of really great things. And there's a lot of really awesome programs here on Mutiny Radio. And this was posted by Interact. So SCR, side note, SCR 110, California's resolution supporting intersex bodily autonomy passed the California Assembly today. And that was yesterday. Uh, Just one more step to go. We'll know if we become uh, become state law before the end of August. Stay tuned. And thank you to our continued champions. And they have the champions. Uh, And uh, so in the picture, Tony Thurman is introducing intersex issues and a list of the 34 assembly members who supported interact enough to sign on as co-authors interact thanks these leaders so this is great news um sending much love and solidarity to folks in the intersex community okay so now it's 120 why am i laughing i think i've been talking for a lot so it's time for me to not talk and uh, i'm gonna play an audio clip let me bring this up for a bit and i mentioned uh, george jackson earlier and there's quite a few there's a few different um uh, words. What are words? What are words? There's a few different uh, uh, videos, and there's, a, there's books out there um, for folks who are interested. Uh, check 
check them out. I can't. I'm running out of words to use. So this is from a. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna play about 20 minutes or so of uh, the General George Jackson Escape to Freedom, and this is on YouTube, so you can find it in full. And the, the full running time is almost two hours. So I wanted to at least devote some time to this. And I'm starting at about a little after three minutes in, and we'll play to about 22 minutes. And again, if you'd like to see the full version, if you go to YouTube, type in the General George Jackson Escape to Freedom. And unfortunately, we see that there's so much of what folks were fighting for back in the 70s is still happening today, as with a lot of other things here in, in the U.S. and in the world. So we'll be back uh, after this the circumstances that brought him there in terms of the courtroom, but after he is there, there are certain things that's made by the repressive kind of situation. The fact that when you first come there, all your individuality is taken away from you. That's one of the reasons why you wear all the blue shirts there. Secondly, if you could understand what happens to a man's mentality after years of waking up to bells and going to bed by bells, going to work by work whistles, and not being allowed to make any decisions or functions. In the institution, people constantly live in tension, constantly it's not fear, but it's just tension. The prisons, because of the kind of oppression, see, I think it's oppression that makes the so-called revolutionary. You know, mm -hmm. the more pressure that's put on men, mm -hmm. the more he's repressed and the more he's stifled, then the harder his will is, the more ch chances that he'll take. See, uh, y y they have uh, created a kind of person, you know, and mostly black people, man, who started out in these juvenile halls at 13, eight years old, and they just graduate straight through the system. These people never get a chance to know their mother, their father. They never get a chance to have a decent relationship with the woman. They have no wives. They have no babies. They have no commitments to anything but to the guys on the inside. The revolution out here is, uh, is, is for the purpose of, of oppression in relation to material things. More so than it is in there, I feel. I feel the revolution there is a, is oppression in relation to the mentality. Actually, the effect of that kind of uh, process has now spread to the street because you never forget what was done to you, period. And that's the whole thing is that uh, inside prisons, the uh, situation you've created a group of monsters you've actually uh constructed a monster factory now these monsters are coming home to you and now everybody's trying to figure out what the hell is going on but you've made them you know you are the cause of them and now you're reaping exactly what you sow chairman of the black panther party for self-defense bobby seal some messages from around the world, from people, organizations, and black brothers incarcerated, black brothers and sisters incarcerated in the prisons in this country. We're not dealing with anything arbitrary. We're dealing with survival. We're dealing with humanity trying to oppose the state's arbitrary decision to implement capital punishment. We must get rid of capital punishment. And we are saying, in fact, that George Jackson have a right, has a right, had a right to defend himself because the state had already arbitrarily chose to kill him, to murder him. Regan's 
other state administrators, the parole board, and all the prison officials, etc., and the courts, etc., had already chose to murder George Jackson. Now, where are we going from there? How are you going to explain to the people that George Jackson had a right to defend himself because they had already arbitrarily chose to kill and murder him? A black revolutionary brother, a Black Panther Party member, Field Marshal of the Black Panther Party, acting as a general, defending himself on August, was it the 21st? Well, I say, yeah. I say, yeah. We say, yeah. The party say, yeah. We're not backing up off of it. He was a human being. He protected his human dignity. We're not going to jive with it. The people ain't going to jive with it. The party's not going to jive with it. We won one with the people. George was one one with the people, only separated from the people, along with 3,000 other inmates inside of uh, San Quentin Prison. An empty bed, tears are shed. No more sun after I'm gone. My family cries, their love has died. My friends are there, death is the air. My chains unbound, I'm put in the ground. Everybody's sad, but I'm glad it's lucky me because now I'm free. of the Black Panther Party and a servant of the people, Huey P. Newton. Power to the people, power to our fallen comrade, Brother George Jackson, member of the Black Panther Party. First, that I would like to explain, because many people wonder, what was the connection between Brother George Jackson and the Black Panther Party. When I went to prison, 1967, I met George. 
uh, when Jarvis murdered in San Quentin, I suddenly realized that after years of conditioning himself, the uh, uh, prison officials uh, had been uh, branded uh, with uh, a, um, a force to respect him because even in death, he was their hero. They claimed that uh, he killed uh, five men and wounded three in uh, approximately 30 seconds. This is impossible practically, but I like to accept it anyway because George is my hero, that uh, even they would say he could do this impossible thing, and then they say he headed for the wall. Uh, the wall that's, I don't know, some 30 feet high, and that uh, they, they say they murdered him because he was heading for that wall. He was gonna, he maybe he would escape. He would have to scale that wall and fly over it. And uh, I can't accept this practically, but I have to admit that uh, uh, accepting George as my hero and my status, it will be necessary for us to do it. Do this. We have to either knock down or crush the wall of exploitation and oppression is very, very great. And the oppressor is very, very afraid. He's afraid that we have the Superman power, that we can do it. And we will raise our children to be like George Jackson, to live like George Jackson, and to fight for freedom as George Jackson fought for freedom. We say that even after death, George Jackson still is alive because his ideas, his spirit will be manifested in the physical. Again, we see our young Panthers here who are growing up, uh, and they will grow up, uh, trying to live uh, by the standard that George Jackson set. By this, George left a legacy, and he will go on, Of course we need babies to help fight the protracted wars. Some of the Conrads have different opinions on this question in principle, which would be why should we allow this to happen to anyone else? But I support war on the family plan. The Vietnamese have six-year-old mine plans. I think if I had been on the street from age 18 to 24, I would probably be a dope fiend or a small stakes gambler or hump in the ground. George certainly died in a significant way, and his death will be very heavy. While the ones that fell, the ones that fell that day in San Quentin, their death will be lighter than a feather because it's insignificant, and even those who support them now will not support them in the future, because we're determined to change their mind. We'll change their mind, or else in the people's name, we'll have to wipe them out thoroughly, wholly, absolutely, and completely. All power to the people.
the future for the day of the man-child's death. Man-child, black man-child with submachine gun in hand who's free for a while. I guess it's more than most of us can expect. I want people to wonder what forces created him terribly, vindictive, cold, calm, man-child courage. In one hand, a machine gun, in the other, scourge of the unrighteous and ox for the people to ride. to be a mad dog killer. His love was for all people, except those who sought to oppress others. Against this group, he leveled the constancy of his inter intellect, the might of his articulation, the power and passion of his manhood. To the former group, he dedicated his writing, gave all of the funds from his published and unpublished works, and his boundless warmth and love now that they have murdered the body of George Lester Jackson, which they are attempting to conceal with the Hitlerian technique of the big lie, they will attempt to eliminate the rest of the family through phony indictments and charges. We expect charges to be brought against us, but we have no fear. George Lester Jackson's spirit did not expire on August the 21st, 1971. years ago, I guess, George had said something to his father about, I never expect to leave prison alive or something of that kind. Am I accurate about that? And if so, if you believe that he did tell his father that, what do you think he meant by that? I think he meant that the, that the people wouldn't let him leave because he had spoken out against them too much. He knew too much about them. He knew their operations too well and that somebody might eventually listen to him. That's what he meant. You know, there are some good people left in this world, and these people are the ones who I'm appealing to. I would be stupid to think that there weren't some good people left. Let me, if I may, ask the question about the same question in a different way. Do you think he would have given up his life, done this deliberately, in order to bring to pass what's going on right no. now, what you're doing? No, he would he not wouldn't. have done that? No, he wouldn't. Why? Because he wasn't suicidal, that's why. The people are trying to say he wanted to commit suicide. He didn't. He wanted to live to tell the people what was going on. That's what he wanted. He wanted people to understand.
just woke up, Conrad. Well, I wasn't really quite asleep, part under and part out, just enough under. Now and then I get seized by these dreams. I'm serious. I never have had one that I didn't picture me running in. I usually get up in worse shape than I got down. But I dig it, it keeps me awake on the job. Every now and then one of those pigs catches me and I don't care how far gone the cat is, he never lets himself get killed in a dream. I don't, I don't really know. They say that suicide cases do see themselves dead in dreams. And that's not me at all, you know. If they, if they catch me, which isn't too often, I always get something sneaky and, and lucky in on them and, and the chase goes on minus one. So that was the General George Jackson Escape to Freedom, and you can find that on YouTube. I've also shared that now on the Weekly Review page, which is at facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. And that was the first-ish, like, 19 minutes or so, and there's a whole other hour and a half more, as well as several other videos on YouTube that you can check out if you're interested. (sighs) Okay, so... We're going to sign off. It's been quite a program. Thank you so much for listening in. Again, if you are interested in helping donate to the program, this is a totally volunteer-run operation. Please check out patreon.com forward slash weekly rev. If you donate a dollar a month, that would be super helpful. Uh, Spread the word for folks who are interested in listening to podcasts about what's happening in the world. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by the Common Thread Collective, followed by some comedy here at Mutiny Radio. And we got programs here every day of the week.
And Ryan Casado will be coming in to the Common Thread Collective at 4 p.m. today, so please do stay tuned or come by if you're around. So we'll be ending up with playing a few Ryan Casado songs and uh, hope everyone has a great week. Please do participate in the Phones app to support Prison Strikers if you're able. And we'll be back next week. Virginia, she is sitting by the road And she's screaming something I can't make out yet Cause the demons in her head They shine in infrared and don't stop talking Virginia, she feels so far from home Though she's crying right on top of her own bed It's just noises in her head Speakers won't go dead, they won't stop talking. And she screams, La 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 la. And the sidewalks become a home. La 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 la. And her mania is building so many walls from reality. No answers. She stays afraid. Virginia, she is walking towards the man. There's scripts and medications from a godsend. And she's fighting what they said. She's trying to act her best, but they're still talking. Virginia, she is seeing how they turn. She's still swearing off the bottle like her friends. But she's collapsing like a bend while screaming it's the end, yet they're still talking.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship.